Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. We've done a couple episodes where we analyzed each other's personalities. There was episode 14 where we discussed each of our horoscope and zodiac signs, and episode 17, which focused on our Myers Briggs personality types. It's been over two years since those episodes, and a lot has changed, and we have changed. Today, we are going to evaluate our Enneagram results. Now that we have started working with each other full-time, we've gotten to know each other beyond the friend level and into co-worker territory, and we're curious to review each of our test results and see which aspects may or may not reflect how we think about our own personalities and also how we think about each other's personalities. We've received a bunch of messages from y'all to do an episode like this one, so let's begin. Yes, the Enneagram is a model of personality whose contemporary theories are based off of teachings from a Bolivian psycho-spiritual teacher, Oscar um, Icazo, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, uh, from the 1950s, and also a Chilean psychiatrist, Claudio Naranjo, Naranjo, from the 1970s. It is made up of nine personality types, which are represented by the points of an Enneagram, which is a shape. It's a geometric figure that contains connections between the types. Um, if you guys want to Google the Enneagram, what it looks like, it's like a circle and it's divided up by nine points. And um, for each point, there are two lines that connect it to two other points. Now, this model of personality is largely used for self-awareness, self-understanding, and self-development. And it's been applied in business management to understand workplace interpersonal dynamics, as well as in spirituality as a path to higher states of being, essence, and enlightenment. The nine Enneagram types are, number one, the reformer. Number two, the helper. Three, the achiever. Four, the individualist. Five, the investigator. Six, the loyalist. Seven, the enthusiast. Eight, the challenger. And nine, the peacemaker. So now that we have a little understanding of just the background of the Enneagram, the three of us did take a little bit of time and um, individually we took these tests. We're going to guess each other's types before we actually reveal the test results. So for Miss Melody... Helen, do you have a guess for what you think Mel is? I think Mel, I think Mel is an enthusiast. She comes off as very fun-loving, spontaneous, a little distractible, kind of scattered, but also very versatile. Definitely mm. loyal. I, I know loyalist is one of them too, number, uh, type six. Um, but I think she's also the helper type because she's also very, very nurturing. So I would say <laughs> either seven, six, two or maybe even nine because she's a peacemaker too so i don't know what do you think i actually i was drawn to i'm gonna guess the helper which is number two um and they describe the helper as warm engaging empathetic and the helper is the person you want to be seated next to at a really awkward dinner party their Mm -hmm. heart is huge Mm -hmm. and their fascination with the lives of other human beings is genuine which makes it important that they uh, don't end up in a job that exploits their warmth or runs their sense of empathy ragged. I think Mel is like high em- empathy person, really interested in people's for stories. Sure. And for that type, for the helper, they said under nightmare jobs, a tax auditor. And that's like, I could see any, anytime, anytime we have to do anything like like kind of like admin, uh, finance related for ABG, Mel hates the shit out of that stuff. So, so funny thing, Mel somehow got stuck with um, handling our sales tax for the quarter. And- and we're just leaving it there for her to handle because it's more funny now that every time it comes up, she's just like, oh, fuck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I need to work on. And we're like, okay, yeah, handle it. <laughs> and it's funny because then thanks for the reminder, I have to do that today. But I look at <laughs> Helen, who's our finance chair, and I go, and I look at her, she goes, nope, you're doing this one. 
<laughs> I've taken everything else, your invoices and everything. I'm like, yeah, this is true. hilarious. You're just entertained, but you're you. you're just really entertained by why. <laughs> like, okay, let me just give a quick backstory. We had a meeting real quick about, and and I had to take care of the sales tax. It took me an hour to figure out what the fuck I was doing, and then because the other two were doing other thing, no, then Janet helped me, and then Helen finally came because she was done with her project. She finishes shit in five minutes, and I was like, <laughs> what the freak, dude? But it's okay. I take on a challenge, you know. Yeah. You guys have really good uh, good guesses as to my type. I'm actually kind of surprised at the result I got, too. What were your test results? I'm actually uh, type 3. And type... Oh. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? So type 3... So I use actually two different sites to kind of determine, like, the the, um, the characteristics. But I'll give you a quick overview. So 3s are actually self-assured, attractive, and charming. Whoa. Oh, sorry. The 3 is the achiever. Um, that's, the, that's the title. And so, yeah, they're self-assured, attractive, and charming. They're ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be very status-conscious and highly driven for advancement. They're diplomatic and poised, but could also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. I say they typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness, and at their best, self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others. Another thing that really stood out to me about the description was threes want success, not so much for the things that success can buy, like sevens, or for the power and feeling of independence that will it will bring like eights. So they're afraid of disappearing into a chasm of emptiness and worthlessness. Without the increased intention and feeling of accomplishment, which success usually brings, three fears that they are nobody and have no value. Do you agree with that part? Yeah, there's a lot of parts of the, about the threes that they talk about, like, um, kind of honestly, like, they're, they're concerned about their image and what, others, what other people think of them. And there's another thing that they said how, like, I actually highlighted this, this, this description. I was like, you know, I think this speaks really truly to me. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but it says, no matter how success is defined, these will try to become somebody noteworthy in their family and their community. They will not be a nobody. Mm. And I think that actually speaks to a lot of different assets of my life because I'm like, I, I'm afraid of what people think of me. I, I care a lot about what other people, other people think. But also really put myself on this pedestal where I want to achieve something greater because I have so much, I put so much value of my achievements. Mm. Like my achievements kind of define who I am. And I don't know if that's a healthy thing. And so with, with that, it goes hand in hand with what people perceive me as. Is that something that you've been aware of before? Like, for example, I feel like that's something that you would talk to maybe a therapist about, right? Like that's, that's a personality trait that maybe you're not too proud of, it sounds like, and that you want to try and address. But is, or is this like the first time you're hearing about this through this personality test? I think it's more like, it's not the first time. Um, so I, I think I mentioned like I recently went back to therapy. I, I, I want to say last year, end of last year. And I realized all of this is actually like, it all makes sense to me because this rela- kind of relates to romantic relationships where when a relationship ends, I, I, my self-worth or how I view myself goes down, right? I don't think mm-hmm. of myself as, as worthy as I thought I was because someone didn't want to be with me in the end, right? So it's like my self-worth. And through that situation, I actually realized that like, hey, like, Growing up, I didn't think myself as physically beautiful or all these things that maybe guys value or what they see first. So I was like, you know what? Well, fuck that. Then I'm going to I'm gonna push myself in other facets of my life, which is my goals and my achievements. So I'm gonna, if I push mm-hmm. myself and apply myself to those things, I will be valuable. I will be – I will show you I am worthy. So I'll tell mm-hmm. – so maybe that's why in a sense like when it says I'm not going to be a nobody, I was like I'm going to be a somebody because if without my achievements, I really am a nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was talking to my therapist saying, like, you know, I think I try so hard to improve my personality. I try so hard to do really well in my work and other things in my life because I feel like if I didn't have that, I would I would literally be unrecognizable or just not recognizable, but like I wouldn't be noticed at all. When I think of a three and I think of achievement, that's what I'm that's what I strive for is to be to feel special. Mm-hmm. Is there are there parts of the three description that you uh, don't resonate with that you felt like were not really reflective of you? Very, <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I was surprised I was a three because it said, in terms of feeling patterns, threes are good at detaching from their emotions to prevent feelings of getting in the way of achievement. And I was like, oh, that's, that's very not me. Like, in, in a sense, I think my feelings get in the way of my achievement or just get in the way because I, I don't know how to detach my emotions. Mm-hmm. But so I will say, though, um, both of you guys predicted correctly in terms of your, like, what you guys thought I was because. Um, so it gives you a breakdown percentage of, you know, what are, how many, how much percentage are you for a three? And I'm a, I'm a 98% three, but I'm also a, um, 89% two, which is, um, hmm. the helper. So I think it really like the, the emotion state of the, of the two really goes, really overrides the, the description of, mm. of the emotions on the three. So it's almost like, um, from the three, I think the, the part where you put a lot of your worth in maybe like other people's opinions yeah. that kind of drives you towards achievement. Like that is a core value from the three that is maybe stronger than 
because like for both Janet and I were like, oh, you're for sure like a two or a seven, right? But that's the perception that I think people get of you from the outside. Yeah. But your inner core is really driven by this is something that like I think about. This is what drives me. This is what like also keeps me up at night is this part of me that feels like I need to do something in order mm. to feel worthy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, the test that we took is the Truity test, T-R-U-I-T-Y. It's a free test. And I don't know if the other Enneagram tests do this, but yeah, they, they show you like which percentage you're highest on and then second highest on. Um, and I, I think it's good to always look at, because like if you're a type three, that could be very different for someone else. Yeah. But if you look at your number two and mm. your number one, then that really does paint a story of like, this person's mm-hmm. personality type. So you tested 98% for the achiever and then 88% for the helper. Was there a third, third or fourth? 89. Yeah, so I was 89% for two, which is also my second highest match. And then next, the next one um, is a 79% at one, which is like mm. t- the, type one is like um, following the rules and doing the thing, doing things correctly. I was, I was a rule follower growing up. I never broke the rules. I never skipped class. I'm always like, I like things in order. I'm not mm-hmm. very spontaneous with, with work stuff. You guys know me. I'm like, what's on the agenda? Like, are we following the agenda? I'm very like by the books on that end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a trait you guys want to like structure. Mm-hmm. I like do like structure. a plan. Yeah. I guess what shocked you the most then about your results? I thought I would come in higher for two. Like I thought that would be my core like mm-hmm. core value or core being but the fact that three came up higher I was like oh shit like I didn't I'm surprised I'm a I'm a I'm mostly a three you know but then I, I was when I first saw the three result and I read through I was like really I was like oh okay I guess I see it but then seeing that next to my two and I was like oh this combination makes more sense to me versus just three standalone so I do think it matters what your second mm-hmm. highest is mm-hmm. do you feel like when you were answering the questions you were in a specific mindset like were you having a good day or a bad day or I feel like that also drives how you answer mm. some of these questions. Maybe. I was having a very, like, a neutral day. And actually, we neutral for a lot of the answers. Mm. You know what I mean? I was just, like, neutral, mm. neutral. I wasn't sure. Like, was I didn't feel really strongly about some things. Have you taken this uh, test before? I did. And I think I got the same result. Oh, interesting. Actually. So, of the achiever. Yeah. There is uh, some description of a basic fear and basic desires between the difference between the helper and the achiever. And um, they're pretty similar, actually, right? Yeah, very similar. You said, yeah, I actually wrote both of, both of those down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is actually very... Like, you know, when people ask you, like, oh, what's your greatest fear? I never knew how to... I never knew how to answer that question. And I, when I read the basic fears, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like, I think this would actually would be my answer if I had to answer it. So let's share with... Um, do you have... Do you, do you have what it says for, so for the achiever, which is what you tested high is on, what is the basic fear? So the basic fear for number three is of being worthless. And then the desire. Desire for three is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And I could give, I could share two because I, I could explain why I think this is actually really accurate. So for two, the basic fear is of being unwanted and unworthy of being loved. And the basic desire of two is to actually feel loved. So it does sound very goes hand in hand and i think mm. it's because like um i don't it's, it's weird to say that this goes all the way this this always goes back to like a romantic relationship but i think if i had to look back at my life in the in the past five years that's what i did struggle with the most is like locking down a partner you know and i feel like i remember when things didn't work out i always say it's like man I, I just really want to feel special like in once in my life can i feel special by someone mm. like i don't know how it feels to be loved by by someone like i'm very i feel very valued and worthwhile within my friendships for sure in my family but there's a strong part of me that hasn't experienced being loved by a partner Mm -hmm. I think also in all my relationships I have been the one that didn't want to end and just had it had to end because they didn't want me in the end Mm -hmm. so I think this is like I think that's why I'm so when breakups happen with me I get affected super hard and it's hard for me to let go because then it goes back to my fear I'm not worthy enough of your love you didn't want me enough Mm -hmm. damn it's yeah. deep. Yeah. I know. I was like freaking. I was like enneagram, but I feel very loved by you two. Like in, in terms of work and like um, friendships, I feel very, very like loved. So it's nice on that end. So I feel very fulfilled in that end. Where your your booze, your boyfriends, yeah. <laughs> your standing, okay, booze. I, your AB booze, yeah. your ABBs. Yeah. I thought you said where your boobs. I'm like, okay, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about me. Um, let's move on to Helen. Um, so Janet, what do you think Helen is in terms of her Enneagram type? Okay. So my guess is of the, of the nine types for Helen, I actually get guessed seven, the enthusiast. Um, and they're described as busy, fun, loving, spontaneous, versatile, 
So like with Mel, when they said, you know, for the helper, you want to be seated next to the helper at a bad dinner party. But who do you want to be standing next to at a combination rave burlesque show, 16 course gourmet (laughs) tasting menu dinner held in an abandoned subway station? The enthusiast. This (laughs) This is your friend who makes other friends everywhere they go, is fueled by new experiences, and once, through a series of hilarious coincidences, spent Thanksgiving at Pipple's house in Miami. I feel like that's something that would happen. Oh my gosh. That's something that would happen to Helen. (laughs) Wait, that's literally Helen. Right? What? That is very... Yeah, I actually did not... Okay, yeah, yeah. continue. And then, and then wow. under possible dream jobs, they had like travel writer, bartender. Like I could see, I feel like you're a very like bubbly personality kind of, you're driven by kind of uh, interactions of different people. Um, mm-hmm. And the the busyness, I think that was a, a key part of the enthusiast that I feel like is, is very core mm. to your personality. Um, I see, yeah. So that was my guess. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Dude, Ooh. yeah, what the heck? Because everything you said, I was like, oh yeah, actually Helen did do that. She did go end up at this like, really cool house or like even like when you're telling about your travels in asia when you're living in india i was like how'd you end up there like like, yeah. like you're very like oh yeah and then like i was like what like you're not afraid you're very um you're very spontaneous and very very adventurous yeah that was my guess too but so i used wait which site was that was this also true to janet or no this was a um a bustle article okay um that was the best jobs for every enneagram personality type that makes sense i was gonna say that one too i will say this though i'm also on this other website I was guessing Helen could also fall under the eight, which is a protect. They label mm. it the protector or the mm. challenger mm. because there's a competitive side of Helen for sure. But yeah. and on the certain website says eights are a body based type who tends to take challenging situations and step into a leadership role. They're energetic and intense, but I don't think you're intense. But like, I think in general, I just think of you as a protector because mm. you're like you like fairness and justice is a high priority. If they feel wrong, they will fight back. Since in their experience weakness or vulnerability will precipitate an attack from the outside world. But oh. I think as there's certain situations this happens. I feel like not she's not very Helen's not aggressive, but she'll literally if you're a friend and you're in, there's injustice, she will literally protect you. Like she will protect yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. Out of all three, she'll be like, "Oh, hell no." <laughs> like I got like she'll like stand in for you. And we've seen it happen, you know. But I do think so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a little bit more aggressive, but strengths are enthusiastic, generous, powerful. It's like, yeah, that's very Helen. Mm. This is so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that that is just so, so interesting. So I actually got a 98 for a three, the achiever, same as Mel. What? Which is like, I feel like our personalities are so So different. different. Yeah. But I got a 98 for the achiever, a close 93 for type one, the reformer or the perfectionist, which is like the rational idealistic type who is detail oriented and problem solvers. And then an 85 for the type eight, the challenger. Yeah. So that is like super interesting. And and although you read your uh, the type seven, Janet, I was like, yeah, that actually does sound yeah, like, yeah. Well, a lot like me, but that's not on my list, <laughs> apparently. So um, I think focusing on the type three, the achiever, I also pulled up this description, which I think was a little bit different from the one you read, Mel, mm-hmm. in that I guess I read more of the things that kind of just um, related to me. Yeah. Um, but the type threes are the friend who somehow managed to turn knitting into a competitive sport i read that somewhere (laughs) so and i feel like we kind of did that with like abg right turning it from a passion project into an llc Mm -hmm. so i was like oh yeah that for sure uh they want to advance in the world vigorously pursuing tasks and becoming utterly absorbed in the pursuit of attainment the achiever isn't a jerk they just have a sense of innate competitiveness a burning desire to see life as a game where winning is emphasized um, at their core, they are enormously adaptable. I thought this part was interesting. They adapt at aligning themselves with people and projects that matter. Mm-hmm. And this predestines them to become ideal leaders and employees for any organization. Threes are competent, hardworking. You mentioned this also, Mel. They get a lot done and they make it look easy, even as they are expending considerable effort, which I think it's like totally true for me too, because I feel like I do a lot of like work in the back to make it look easy in the front. Mm. That sounds oh, sexual, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> Um, on the flip side their interest in authenticity is low so putting on the right public Mm -hmm. face maintaining a successful image are more important to threes than developing good relationships and listening to their own genuine feelings Mm. so i feel like it's a it's very similar to like the description that you read mel but maybe it was like a different website or something Mm -hmm. yeah this like stood out to me 
very very much and do you agree yeah. do you agree with because yeah a lot of the the characteristics you described were focused on kind of like the a little bit more competitive right an achievement for because Mel, you were focusing almost more like on perception of other people yeah that's one three part that spoke mm-hmm. to me but the competition side the type three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah versus for helen she seems to really resonate with yeah like the competition and and the ach- achievement side is that did yeah. you agree with those p- parts of the yeah like up like 98 percent yeah um <laughs> I think I've always been a go-getter, hard worker type. I feel like I was also very detail-oriented with my past job because building and overseeing these like massive Excel models where one small error could ruin the whole project, mm-hmm. that, that meant that I had to really focus on that type one part of me, the perfectionist type, just to make sure that everything was super like detailed and like perfect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you were saying, Mel, the type eight, the challenger, I feel like that is actually very similar to the type three, but they are type eights are much more confident and headstrong mm-hmm. like you were saying they'll stand up for what they believe is right and protect the weak which i totally agree with like you were saying i think fairness and equality is huge in my mm-hmm. value system so all of that the the three and the one and the eight like that totally i think describes me and then plus a seven who maybe that was number four <laughs> but i think also with like type three my strengths are that i know how to work a crowd and i think Mel, you do that very very well too like we're efficient productive we are uh risk takers with like novel ideas for solutions you come up with like really good ideas for the the social media stuff solutions for things and also good at like adapting and improvising Mm -hmm. which i think is all true but i think also something that i found with the type three and what it was saying with the adaptability part is that sometimes i can feel like a chameleon like I can shape shift in order to get along with lots of different people. Yeah. And honestly, I think that is something that I've thought I've thought deeply about my personality trait. Mm-hmm. Like on one end, you have the ability to adapt, which means you have a high EQ. Yeah. Because you can adapt to many people and connect with people. But on the other end, there's also that is driven by a people pleasing quality, mm. which I've come to realize through therapy is actually something that I'm not very proud of. Like mm. I see that as more of a weakness for me. And I think a core weakness for a type three is believing that they are only as good as the image that they present to the world, which is also, I think, something that you focus a lot on um, in what you mentioned, Mel. Yeah. I used to question my own genuineness. Like if I'm angry at someone, just like be angry at them, you know, like yell at them. Mm. But I think my core gut feeling is knowing that there is a way to finesse conversation and feedback. So you're sort of considerate of other people's feelings. And I think that's what differentiates me from being more of a type three than a type eight who is incredibly headstrong mm-hmm. and they'll almost like bulldoze you to get to their mm. end goal. You're very yeah. like, just know your personality, Helen. Like I think that you're very, you really are a chameleon. Cause I see you in social settings. I'm just like, and in a three, you're, I think you're a little bit stronger at that. Cause you're like, boom. I was like, whoa, who did, she's so good. You're really good working the crowd, but I can see how, um, you're also the type of person that you're so adaptable to a point where you will suppress your own true feelings. So if someone mm-hmm. else could shine or someone else could, Someone else could, like, you're first. But I, I tell on your face and what you're going through, I'm like, mm, you're also going through some things too, though. And you're mm, let, you let yeah. that you let that kind of take spotlight versus on your own feelings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The part that said, like, putting on the right public face is more important to me than good relationships or even listening to my own genuine feelings. Yeah. Um, I do think that, like, sometimes when you take these tests, you're in this maybe gray area of your life mm. and your results might be a little skewed. Because as I was taking this test, I found myself asking like, is this referring to Helen a few months ago? The Helen that the Helen that was like at a tail end of a decade long career in finance with very different goals and very different visions of what the future Helen would look like. Mm. Or is it based on the Helen now who's only had like three, four months of being an entrepreneur with ABG? Yeah. And do I base it off of like a very short temporary time in my life that I can project into the future? Is that the Helen I'm answering up right. on behalf of? Or like the old Helen who's had a lot of experience um and that I know very well right Mm, right mm, yeah did you feel like I mean in some of these questions it was like the nature versus nurture thing did you sometimes struggle with feeling like is this the way that I am because of just who I am as a person or is it because my environment or the context yeah no I I thought about that a lot because I was like is it because working in finance for a decade I had to be very detailed oriented Mm -hmm. multitask I thrived off of the competitiveness and the fast-pacedness but I think I also liked that. I think mm-hmm. I was like that in college. I think I was like that in high school. So I think that's always been a part of me. And, and taking this test actually makes me reflect and think, I think that job was actually pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. 
as like but, but i think the part that was missing was the impact part mm. the part that does care about leaving an impact on on like the world yeah yeah so you scored 98 percent for three mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. was your second and third if you had one the second one was 93 on um type one the wow the perfectionists wow okay and then 85 for type eight the challenger okay so it is very interesting because you guys both test as threes but your second and thirds really do shape very different you very know overall profiles yeah that's what's crazy to me because when, when i think when you said three i was like what i was like and then but then the second the second types really come come into play mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would i would say that like i think a few months ago um the part about caring a lot about public image and, and things like that like public scrutiny would for sure keep me up at night. I think mm-hmm. even speaking in public, as you ladies know, sent like these deep reverberations <laughs> like yeah. down my throat. And I'd have like mini panic attacks just speaking in public. Um, and I feel like the whole imposter syndrome thing definitely got to me too. Mm-hmm. After going through therapy and, and seeing these things and trying to figure out why I care mm-hmm. so much, at the end of the day, it is this like people-pleasing side um, that is part of, innately part of the type three personality mm-hmm. and something that I've identified and tried to like work against. And I think, now that we are like three or four months into abg i am feeling this bit of like a release of everyone has different opinions you're gonna get negativity from someone but for me it's like i don't want to focus on that anymore because yeah. i try to just like focus on myself and the, and my friends and my family and like who matter most to me in my life mm-hmm. and try to live like that type of life which then adds to the authenticity which i think the type threes also kind of lack yeah you know that's a good point because i think we had a conversation about this earlier and that's something I feel like you both do very well. I mean, this is me assuming, I don't think Janice a three, but I think you both in general like are really good at like not like kind of brushing that off more. But when Janice asked the question to you, like, do you think this is nature versus nurture? The fact mm-hmm. that your career maybe played a part or maybe you said you've always been like that. I realized like in the past 10 years, I worked in PR, social media roles where public image really is important of how I come mm-hmm. off. Working mm-hmm. in that full time for almost like 10 years or what I, even in college I did this. So it's kind of hard to yeah. brush that part of me away Mm. when this is even part of my personality so it's like it's like compounding you know Mm -hmm. yeah that is interesting because then it's like how do you maintain your job and the thing that you actually like to do without the toxicity Mm -hmm. of what it brings exactly well helen for your type is there anything like parts that you didn't agree with um i think i think it's that last part where it was like you will be inauthentic about yourself just to put up this face of who you want people to perceive you to be i think that is definitely a work in progress i'm very much still dealing with like people pleasing but that side of me is starting i'm starting to feel that weight like lifted Mm -hmm. like i no longer really place my worth on people's comments and i like to think that just you know everyone has opinions and that that's fine their experiences whatever has brought them to to send that message or dm or whatever is probably a negative experience that they feel like darkness about Mm. and that's okay like they need their time to release that so i try to i try to be very like fair and not take things too personally i guess that was the part that kind of i was like i don't know if i completely agree with this but helen four months ago yes i would agree with this Mm. well i'm also curious helen because like i feel like you know i went over the weaknesses on the on the of the three and i'm pretty sure i'm Mm. I'm curious about the one and eight but like what is based on these descriptions do you think your core fears and weaknesses is that is it accurate yeah i think so i mean the strengths of a type three are perfectionism even though that could be seen as negative but perfectionism optimism and self-improvement i absolutely agree that those are strengths weaknesses are image superiority and agreeable um superiority i think that means hierarchy Mm -hmm. right I tend to be okay with that unless someone mishandles their superiority. Mm. Then I'm not okay with it. Mm. Um, Image, I do think that that is something that I am working on, that that for sure is a weakness, I would say from maybe a couple months back that I'm working on to just try and not have it consume me as much as Mm -hmm. it used to. And then agreeable. I don't know if I'm that agreeable. I think I tend to, if I have an opinion on something, I tend to vocalize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But maybe in a way that's like not completely direct because I am very careful around messaging. I think I want to hear about your core fear because I feel like these are really good traits. But I'm like, do you think like, what is your core fear? And is it accurate? Mm -hmm. Because I I think I thought about how I was like, for three, the three was like being valuable. You know, like I feel Mm -hmm. if I'm invaluable, like that's like my biggest like male fear. Right. But yeah. what's Helen's yeah. biggest core fear? I don't know. I mean, the core fear for a three is being exposed as worthless, incompetent, or a failure to be a nobody. 
I think I'm maybe in this like weird transition part of my life right now where I'm trying to figure out balance um, just in like kind of getting my life back after such a like crazy career mm-hmm. that that I'm still trying to figure out because the part of me that used to be very fearful about like image and oh my gosh now we're like public facing and all this stuff that actually doesn't impact me as much anymore mm-hmm. so I don't really know I think my core fear is probably working towards something and then failure mm. and it's like for me it's I've always said I want impact over influence so like for me I don't even want to be like the face of like the ABG movement actually that that drives a lot of anxiety and fear for me mm. I'd rather have the impact towards our listeners and people who look up to us than to have like influence so if that fails at the end of like a lot of effort then I think that would make me really sad. I'm reading, yeah, so, because you had your second highest that you tested was number one, um, the reformer, right? Mm-hmm. And similar to Mel, when we were comparing that, like, the fear, how, uh, what the descriptors. So for the reformer, the basic fear is of being corrupt, evil, or defective. I guess it's, like, it's interesting that you say, like, if, you're, if your fear is kind of, like, a failure of that sense, right? Let's say a defective, meaning, like, you created something that is not mm-hmm. effective or, like, it's, it, it didn't work. Like something like mm-hmm. that. It's hard to tell because I think, again, right now I'm kind of basing these feelings and the way I'm answering these questions off of like four months of experience right, of working right. with ABG yeah. and what our future can hold. So a lot of this is still on very unstable grounds yeah. of figuring out like where am I actually standing um, and how does my personality type fit in with like all of this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Through the podcast, we've been able to share our journey with mental health with our listeners. I don't know about you ladies, but through those episodes, it really emphasized for me how taking care of our emotional health is just as important as taking care of our physical health. Talk therapy is one method of self-care that the three of us have all used. We are partnering with BetterHelp, an online counseling service available to our listeners worldwide. I couldn't agree more. After our episode with licensed therapist Heisu Joe, I started my counseling sessions with my BetterHelp therapist and was pleasantly surprised to see how quick the process was. They assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Having support and someone to talk to every week has definitely helped me find positivity and light during this time. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com ABG10. That's BetterHelp and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. They have a special offer just for ABG listeners where you can get 10% off your first month. Try it out at BetterHelp.com ABG10. We know that some of you listening out there are designers, marketers, social media managers, publishers, or salespeople, and that a part of your job involves creating digital presentations, catalogs, brochures, or other creative assets. We want to share with you a partnership we have with Issue, a digital publication platform where you can both create and distribute content. To use Issue, you upload your PDFs and files to the platform and customize with templates and your creative vision. With Issue, you can create once and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. Issue is also used by millions of people to discover new content, so you'll reach even more readers when you publish with Issue. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Go to issue.info slash abg to sign up for your free account. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash abg to sign up and let them know you heard about it from our show. Remember, that's dot info, not dot com. Go to issue.info slash abg to set up your free account today. All right, so we're going to stop talking about me. Let's move on to Janet. Um, Mel, what do you think Janet is? Uh, Janet was like an easy one for me. <laughs> Janet is okay, so she's totally number nine. She's a peacemaker, right? She's like calm, collected demeanor, ability to diffuse conflict with ease, zen like presence, mellow and soothing voice. Hello. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that they believe that human beings have an innate capacity for goodness, and they mm. don't care how alienating cynical folks might think of that. That is absolutely Janet. She's easygoing, accepting of what is happening around her but she can become resistant and willfully oblivious when something in the environment threatens to throw them off balance. I feel like for Janet, what that translates to is that if something is morally incorrect or rubs against her values, she will say something and she will be very 
um, strong on that opinion. Otherwise, she's, she's very go- easygoing and accepting. So, and also her nightmare jobs, investment banker, and anything that requires being aggressive to the point of antagonizing others. That cannot be further from the truth. That is <laughs> yeah. so true. That's very Janet. Yeah. I can't, I have a hard time being mean to people. I don't know. <laughs> or oh. being like, because yeah. it's like this, it's not mean. It's like the toughness of, of, of that environment. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think also it's like because if the drive and the motivation for acting that way is just not something that I connect with, right? So yeah. Also, I think that another strength of the nine is like they're balanced, accepting, and harmonious. I think mm-hmm. Janet is really good at like even when you come to her for conflict, she'll say to you, she's like, "Well, I'm not gonna tell you what's right or wrong, but let's." I think maybe the way she the way, even though even though she goes about it, it's like, damn, you're like you're all about keeping harmony. very fair. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, <laughs> are we right? Yeah. You guys are right. I, I did test oh. as, as the peacemaker, um, but like, you know how we were talking about you have the secondary third type, so 98% the peacemaker, um, but then I also scored a 91% for type 5, which is oh. um, the investigator, and the what? investigator mm-hmm. is uh, the intense cerebral type, very perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. I, don't, I guess I could kind of sometimes be. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Like, yep. Um, yep. <laughs> And then my third was the, I think, type one. Yeah, so similar to Helen, the reformer, um, which is kind of like a perfectionist. And and I think Mel had some of this too, like liking the structure. Um, I think all three of us to some degree like having some aspect of structure and and process and place Mm -hmm. or something. The kind of overview for the the nine, it says nines are defined by a desire to live in peaceful harmony with their environment. They want a sense of balance and calm and aspire to be, um, and aspire to a kind of homeostasis where nothing disturbs their inner peace. Uh, And then kind of, you guys have kind of talked about like it's, you know, the, they are easygoing and accepting, except if something pushes them the wrong way, um, if the environment, if the environment threatens to throw them off balance and they get kind of um, resistant. Um, And this is even something that like, I could have seen in an example is like my physical space affects me a lot. So it's not even just harmony among the people I'm around or things, but it's like mm. I, when I worked in office settings where it's like dark and dingy or, or if it's like disruptive, then I literally like my mood is affected. And even like yeah. with some of my, um, like with Drushy, when we would go out every once in a while to like grab drinks or something, she knows that when we go into the restaurant, I pick the seat. Like I, I have a thing with like, I want a particular place, like the lighting and where you're positioned in the room, like that kind of stuff. Like I, I don't know why it just like, I pick up on it. I'm kind of ultra sensitive mm. to it. Mm. Um, and of the different types, like the, so the Trudy test we took, they had, they identified each type underneath a body type, a heart type, or a head type. So, um, the nine is actually a body type and it said body types often feel their emotions and reactions in their stomach and have a gut sense for things. Mm. Um, so that's so definitely, you're gassy. I'm, <laughs> but I'm definitely, you know how some people, when they get stressed out, they get like stress headaches or, yeah. or like maybe mm. you get tenseness like in your, chest. in your shoulder, in your, in your chest. I've always been like a stomach ache person. So you need to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more like uh-huh. it's more like you get like the kind of acidic, sour feeling yeah, in your stomach. Yeah. So when I get oh. stressed out, I get very yeah, I get like tummy aches. Oh, this is Janet to a freaking T, yo. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because like for me and for Mel, like we didn't guess right. We guessed completely wrong actually. And then for Janet, we're like spot on. <laughs> yeah, number nine. How do you feel about that? Oh man, I'm easy to guess. I guess I don't. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like not very complicated. I don't know. But then the other side of it is that you are living your truth of That's what you innately mm. feel, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. there was a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, I think uh, like for me, like hearing the seven and the eight was more like maybe surface level and what friends perceive me as mm, versus I see, I maybe see. I answered more from like a working style. So yeah, that, that's also weird. It's weird. Oh, that's interesting. You know what is interesting though? The achiever, like I could have seen myself testing that in like um, like high school and college. I was very much in that type of state of mind. And I think mm. I really hit a point of burnout and probably where it was like realizing that that wasn't like I was working so hard, but I never knew why. I was doing that right mm. and then so realizing mm. that like I that that wasn't a true match for my motivation um so all of this is like I don't think I would have tested this maybe like 15 years ago this is all pretty but but it, it has probably been pretty consistent for the last 10 years I would say I, I very much focus on like having harmony and peace do you agree with your results I do I, I very large I mean largely I I definitely feel like um, they list kind of, you know, the strengths are agreeable and accommodating, easygoing and likable, good at finding compromises and middle ground. Um, and I think that that's, that's definitely kind of something that I see in both my social life and my working style. 
Um, and then in, in challenges, though, they say you tend to be out of touch with your own needs, face problems with passive resistance instead of head on, and have trouble taking decisive action. And I think that the, sometimes I do struggle with like, um, A, not being as perceptive about my own like mm. direction or sense of things. And then also I do have like, I struggle with confrontation a lot. And I, yeah. I, I sometimes want to hold the peace to a fault where I don't address the problem that should be addressed because I'd rather try to keep the peace. Mm. No, Jen, I think that's actually pretty accurate. Um, maybe I'm reading this differently, but I think you have the tendency, kind of like Helen, where, uh, how do I say this? Like, you expressed to me before that you it's hard for you to read your true emotions right away. You're emotional, but you're not real. Like, your actions aren't led by emotion. Yeah, yeah. So you worry about things around. It's like, I can see you kind of like, let me make sure everything is peaceful, peaceful before before actually asking myself how I really feel. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. with that comes a lot of burden because you start push due to that reason you're pushing down your own feelings and it comes mm-hmm. out all of a sudden, right? Yeah. One of the things that did kind of shock me about this result is that they said so for each of the nine types they said you're led by some sort of emotion, right? And for the nine, it says nines are particularly out of touch with their anger, but their anger is defined as a core emotion. And I was like, what? I don't, I feel like I'm like not an angry person at all, but it actually is described as like Mm. nines tend to fear and avoid anger, seeing it as dangerous, as a dangerous force, which drives people apart and damages relationships. They are almost never conscious of being angry. And if they do become so angry that they can no longer repress it, it tends to spill over explosively, which I was like, oh, okay. I could, I guess I could kind of see that, but also Mm. not sure. So that part I'm, I was shocked by and I'm not totally I don't know if I if I if I'm in touch with myself yeah. enough to understand that. Yet. <laughs> yeah, we never seen an angry Janet before. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid. No. no, I think it's um. I mean, do you feel that in like your bubbling stomach? <laughs> I guess I guess I could see I could see potentially like I, yeah. I I do know for sure though that I do I am very adverse to anger. Um, so mm-hmm. like picking if I'm in a room with angry people that does affect me a lot. And probably then I think that for myself too, that I probably do repress anger because I, I find it as a mm-hmm. as a scary emotion. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading somewhere that like your higher emotion of like what you should try and aim for is the right action, which is the willingness to do what needs to be done and use oneself well in the process. So making sure that you're being aware of how you actually feel and not worrying too much about how others are, mm. you know, thinking or perceiving or going to react to how you behave. Yeah. We haven't seen blown up Janet yet. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I don't want to. <laughs> Me neither. I don't want to either. <laughs> well, how about this? It says, like, the way to support your growth is to ask for your cooperation rather than trying to push you around, challenge mm. you on your need to be comfortable, and help you take risks. Be accepting but persistent. Do you feel like that, when you hear that, mm. does that resonate with you so much that you're like, yeah, why aren't you ladies doing that? <laughs> no, you know? no, I mean, well, it, it definitely resonates with, uh, with how that helps me. And I do feel like you guys do do that. I feel like I'm like, there's positive support and there's also like pushing me out of my comfort a little bit, right? Like with some of the stuff, like the video where I vocalized, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And you guys were very like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're very open that we're all going to do this, but it's like, take it at your mm-hmm. pace and we're here to help you. And so mm-hmm. that to me is like yep. a good, like it would, it left to my own devices. I could very easily just be like, I don't really like this part. So I'll maybe mm-hmm. be in some of the videos, but I don't really want to be involved with like other parts of it. But but that description, I think for my type, for how to get me to do stuff and what motivates me is is, is good. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Well, it sounds like you agree with a lot of the things that type nine is. What parts do you disagree with? I don't know if I disagree, but um, what was interesting to me was that they listed a core weakness as sloth, which is a laziness and inactivity in pursuing one's own interests and agenda. They tend to let other Mm. people set the agenda rather than do the sometimes difficult work of identifying their own needs, desires, and goals. Um, I could see that um, maybe like the being accommodating part could um, mm. could be interpreted that way. And I think that socially I tend to be very kind of go with the flow. But when mm. I work, I think I tend to be pretty like action oriented. Um, and I get nervous actually when things are not happening, like if there's not enough activity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was another, they kind of focused, I think another another aspect on inertia. They say nines rarely initiate projects and have trouble taking decisive action on their own. They tend to go along with things and don't have a strong internal drive to action. In the absence of outside forces pushing them along, nines can become stagnant, uh, directionless, and unproductive. Um, and I'm not sure if I agree with that because I think I do... I do take initiative and and decisive actions, but maybe that's like probably in some parts of my life and maybe in other parts I Mm -hmm. do uh, tend to kind of like 
I think I yeah. think for someone who's more peaceful oriented, it's kind of like they say that your default setting is to not rock the boat, right? Mm-mm-mm. You said your type, your second personality was a type five, because I was like, mm-hmm. maybe that's from your type one, like oh, yeah. nine and one. I could totally see why, because you you are very much like you not lazy you're like working hard and stuff so i'm like yeah that that kind of surprised me but i'm wondering like what is the not the wings but like the number two and number three yeah you said five five is like the cerebral type right Mm -hmm. the intellectual so maybe that a part of that it's um adding to your personality yeah yeah of like wanting to learn and wanting Mm. to understand and perceive the world and so by doing that you need to put in the work to do it right right yeah because i was actually so i'm reading about a five it says five Fives need to balance their tendency to withdraw or withhold from people by reaching out to others, even if they're involved, even if this involves discomfort or conflict. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'd, more be like a person, like a like a social level, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, like I I do have a ten- it's a tendency to kind of be someone who's like in your own thoughts, right? And then kind of having it takes active effort to kind of push outward and connect with people. Yeah, but working side, I agree with Janet because I feel like you're the one that writes our agenda. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you write our agenda for ABG, so I kind of feel like. Mm, that's not that's not right it was funny yeah. when you actually when you first said slot and i was like oh yeah because i know sometimes you're like you know i had like a lazy day yeah. like you're like i woke up at three o'clock I was like that's fine if there's nothing to do you'll be like yeah i'll you'll choose to have a sloth like day you yeah, know yeah. I mean? but I, I think maybe that's where i could see how if i'm not in a good place in my life like if i'm going through a challenging period um mm. i will default to just like incredible sloth and that's and that's bad like i won't feel motivated and i'll feel disconnected but i think that there's because that is like a really uncomfortable scenario to be in, right? So I usually will yeah. hit a point and then I push myself out because it's just not enjoyable to feel that blah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Janet, what does it state in terms of like your core weakness and fear? And do you do you agree mm-hmm. that's true? Um, so the, the core weakness was the sloth. Uh, the fear, having needs and desires that create friction or divides between people, thus driving other people away. Nines mm. tend to preempt their fear of loss by pushing down any potential areas of conflict within themselves. They may not be conscious of having a fear of losing relationships, but their approach to those relationships to push their own needs aside in favor of accommodating others reflects their fear of losing people if they demand too much. Which, mm. I don't know. I guess I'm, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's new to me. Or do you just... There's never been enough conflict for you to be like, ooh, I'm going to, I, in my bubbling belly, want to say something <laughs> yeah. here. And I'm not going to say it out of fear of like losing Yeah. Them. I do know, I guess I think of it less of a fear and more of like a value. Like I definitely know when it comes to my relationships, my default is that I will maintain them. Like I don't like having beef with people. I also don't like cutting people off. I don't need to be best mm-hmm. friends with everyone and have like super tight relations, but like I think that once you're in my life, if you play a significant role, my default setting is that you stay there and that we maintain mm. good relations um, mm-hmm. versus versus I think sometimes people, when they look at their their circle, they're very decisive about like maybe and when I'm in a new phase of my life, then we're just, it's okay for this relationship to end. I don't really end things. I kind of, it's like if we had a connection, we'll always have that. So maybe in some sense like that, it's like I don't ever want to lose people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But but you're okay with letting relationships fizzle out. Yeah. If for some reason nothing was working. Yeah. No, I would okay. define it as that relationship still exists. It just is like passive. But maybe another mm. person would define that as over. And maybe it is some mm. maybe it's me being fearful that I'm like, no, 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 but it still exists. <laughs> oh, Instead of it just wow. like just say just call it what it is, it's over, you know? Yeah, yeah. Man, I feel like we went like three, four layers yeah. deep here. <laughs> I know. Woo! Remember sex ed? We learn to prevent pregnancy at all cost. We have all the tools to prevent pregnancy, but when it comes to planning ahead for it, it's a mystery. Modern fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. As women in or near our 30s who want children in the future, we appreciate services like Modern Fertility. You get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. The results go in-depth into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com abg. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com abg. 
modernfertility.com slash A-B-G. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Well, I think this episode was like super interesting, just getting to know each other's personalities on a deeper level. Like what other friends do this, right? We're yeah. kind of like forced to do this because of, of this podcast and, and us trying to learn about ourselves on a deeper level. But I think also because now we are not just friends, but we're coworkers mm-hmm. working together is actually a huge differentiator in our relationship. Yeah. And I think coming in with different personality types, but also a history, a decade history of a different working style and what we've been used to in different industries Mm -hmm. is also extremely interesting Um, and maybe something we can talk about in future episodes. Yeah, and we definitely encourage you all um, to check out the Enneagram. We think that it's it's very good for self-reflection and to better understand yourself individually um, and also to do it with either your friends or maybe your partner. It's good for any yeah. type of intimate relationship that you have in your life to see where other people are coming from, what they value, um, what things are important to them, what things might rub them the wrong way. No, I completely agree. I think I learned a lot about you two today. I didn't really expect like even like your subcategories, like, I think really shocked me more than your main ones. I was like, oh, these are these are mm. different layers to Hell Engine I didn't know about. But I think especially as we continue down this working relationship and as and in, in order for us to deepen our friendship, it's good to do these type of like testing questions. And it's honestly, it's, it's, it's actually pretty fun, too. I feel like for maybe Janet and myself, like we're not as good at verbalizing our emotions yeah. as well. Like we kind of tend to suppress it a little bit. So taking these tests help to verbalize and put words into like, oh, this is why I'm feeling the way I do. Right. Oh, this is why you know, my tummy is all rumbly. So it's like, what gets me excited or upset or afraid? So these tests are good for that. Yes. So we have some partnerships that we are happy to share with you all. Look for links and codes in our show notes. And for more partnership discounts, head to our website at asianbossgirl.com slash partners. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms. We are Asian Boss Girl. So follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review. And if you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We are also very active on social. Our handle is Asian Boss Girl. If you resonated with today's topic, screen cap the podcast, tag us with your results, and we can reshare on our IG story. Also find us on YouTube where we have started posting some videos. Subscribe at Asian Boss Girl. And thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. 